when I was 16, I said to my mom and dad, I think I came home at, at night and I said, I think you should sit down. Uh, we need to talk. So they were shocked. And they were like, oh my God, what's going to happen now? And then I said, well, I need to tell you that I am uh, straight. I am not gay. So they looked at me like, yeah, for sure. We do. So why are you telling me? I said, I think it's strange that people who are gay need to tell. So therefore, I'm telling you that I'm not. Welcome to the Creative Leadership Podcast. My name is Mark. And my name is Ryan. And today we talk with Simona about shocking people into seeing new opportunities and how to change the system from within. Simona, tell us the story of your name. Yeah, that's a, uh, that's a good one. My name is Simona, obviously. It's a, I thought it was a Dutch name, uh, which, which is, but it's also a very uh, uh, international name. Uh, I think my parents picked it because they just liked the sound of it. Uh, but now uh, I'm, and I, I was not always very happy with it because I thought it was a little bit, um, I don't know the English word, trutig. It's a little bit not juicy enough name. Um, but now uh, working uh, internationally, it's quite a good name because everybody understands and knows this name. Well, sometimes it's Simona or Simone, uh, but everybody knows. Um, and, and when you look at the meaning of the name, it's, uh, it is uh, the one that hears. And it's funny because people tell me all the stories of their lives and they tell me everything. So maybe some, somehow they picked a really good name for me, the one that hears. And uh, today we get to hear. And uh, one of the first things we'd like to hear from you is um, what's on your business card? What, what do you call yourself? What's your title? Yeah, that's... Uh, 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 I have a corporate title, which is called the head of Innovation Lab uh, of Voiling, which is the uh, the budget airline uh, of, Sp uh, of Spain. So that's the corporate name, but I'm not. I don't have a permanent contract. They hired me, uh, so I'm in this role for a couple of years. Uh, but my company name is uh, Rebella, which is like uh, um, a mixture of Rebel and Bella. So I have several company cards. Uh, but officially, uh, I'm now running an innovation lab. Actually, I'm building it and running it. And this is uh, not your first aviation industry job, is that correct? No, no. Although I look very young, I'm a, I'm a very oldie in this uh, industry. I've been uh, working at KLM for almost 17 years before this uh, and had lots of different jobs uh, at KLM uh, from... Um, uh, being responsible for all the logistics um, of catering and board supplies to uh, managing um, one of the component shops at Engineering and Maintenance, which was uh, uh, 250 guys. Um, they were all like 10, 20 years older than me, and I was responsible to, uh, well, to manage that department, which was my first managerial job, uh, and it was drinking from a fire hose. <laughs> I can only imagine, because yeah. uh, being a woman in that environment, and then the listeners can't see this, but you're not particularly the biggest person I know. No, no. <laughs> actually, actually, I have a funny story about that, because I was working at Schiphol uh, Oost, it's, uh, it's a part of uh, Schiphol where it's more the industrial part, and there had been a big fire just a month before, uh, with a, a center where... Um, refugees were put um, and there was a big fire and that was um, 
uh, in the headlines of, uh, of Holland and may, maybe even worldwide. So then a month later, uh, we had a, had a fire in the, in the, the building where I was uh, managing. So we all had to evacuate and we were all on the street outside. And then uh, all the fire trucks came and lots of them because there was again a fire at that uh, area. And then the, the chief of the fire truck, he, he came and said, who is in charge here? And they were all guys, big guys. And then I said, well, uh, I am. So everybody started laughing. And uh, yeah, so I'm not the typical, the typical person to manage that. Uh, that was, I think, one of the toughest jobs I have ever had. Uh, and I'm very grateful to, to have had that. It, it was a, a big learning experience. You mentioned that your company is named Rebella, yeah. which is Rebel and Bella. Yes. And it, it sounds a bit like, based on your description, that you're in a constant rebellion mood against maybe social norms. You're changing it. Do you, do you feel that way? Uh, yes. Uh, yes. Um, it's, it's interesting because I think, I think I started to really recognize that. Uh, but even back in high school, I, I was born in a very small village in, in the south of Holland. Um, and I was struggling with the, with the school system. And I made deals with my uh, teachers to say, okay, if we have homework, that's fine, I will do it. But can I please do it in my own way? So my own pace and the time. And, and they were like, that's a little bit strange, but okay, yeah, you're free to go. Well, in that village, you didn't have like the modern schools you have in the cities. So this was uh, quite rebellious for that time. Uh, I think I was about 13 or 14 doing this. Uh, and I've been doing this all, all of my life. It's, it's like a red threat. Uh, um, asking people, provoking questions, uh, not to piss people off, but just because I'm curious or to learn or to, to think about why people are doing the things they are doing. So, so when I was 13, I also said, well, mom, dad, I don't want to have children. And they were like, yeah, you're 13. That will come. That time will come. But uh, I never felt that. Uh, and it's, it's a struggle also because people think that's strange. Uh, you're not like everybody else. But then if I ask, and people ask me the question, why don't you want children? And then I ask the question, but why do you want children? And then there are flabbergasted, and I said, well, that feeling, I have the same feeling if you ask me that question. So, yes, I've always been different, and I think I'm coming more at ease with that uh, the last couple of years, and think uh, helps me also with that. What are three reasons why you do what you do? That's a tough question, because... I think I just like to challenge people and to to wake them up uh, and to give them different perspectives. Uh, I like to shock people a little bit, I think. Uh, and I think uh, people should use their common sense a little bit more. Um, it's very easy to just go with the flow and and just live life and then wake up one day and think, oh shit. This was it. And I think you can get so much more out of your life if you're just sharp and if you, well, if you observe and if you listen. Uh, yeah. And, I, and I'm, I'm also fascinated by people. 
So I like to see what's on their head. And you don't get to know people if you don't ask, and if you don't um, well, ask sometimes provoking questions. We get, yeah, we have the, the, the beautiful task of picking one of those bullet yeah. points that you mentioned, so you get to speak longer about it. Personally, I like shocked. I want to hear what that means to Simona. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, shocked is, is, can, be very, it can be very hard. How do you say that? It means, um, shocked can be uh, aggressive, but that's not what I, I like. I like more the, the shock in the sense of that people start to really think about or rethink about their views of life, or their, how do you say it, their, the, 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 the way you've always been thinking or acting. Um, and it's, sometimes it's very easy, with just a simple question, to, to shock people. For instance, maybe this is a funny story as well, but when I was 16, I said to my mom and dad, I think I came home at, at night, and I said, I think you should sit down, uh, we need to talk. So they were shocked. And they were like, oh my God, what's going to happen now? And then I said, well, I need to tell you that I am straight. I am not gay. So they looked at me like, yeah, for sure. We knew, so why are you telling me? I said, I think it's strange that people who are gay need to tell. So therefore, I'm telling you that I'm not. So they, they were shocked. And then they were like, oh my God, she's a little bit strange. Where, where did that this come from? But um, yeah, it's it's like not living against the norm. It's like challenging a little bit. And I like that. I like to do that in corporate life, uh, which can be very, uh, how do you say it? Can be career-ending move, but uh, that's how I am. And I think corporate, corporates need more of this. Uh, not, not only corporates, but especially corporates. I heard a rumor that the aviation industry is quite conservative. <laughs> I never told you that. No. You did not. You did not tell me. Somebody else told me. Yeah. For, for the record, someone else did tell me this. A couple of people actually told me this. And I'm curious, A, if that's true, and B, it sounds like you're the right person to be in it, if, if it is. Yes. Yeah, it's, I, I, I think it's, it's very conservative. If you only look at... Uh, the diversity or, or the lack of diversity, uh, well, for instance, at KLM, but I also see it at Welling, especially the higher up you go in the, in the company, uh, the less diverse it is. And not only in gender or sexuality or whatever, but also in ways of thinking. It's, it's all the same. Uh, and I think that also leads to... Um, if you have too much like-minded people around you, you're not thinking too much or not at all about the future or what comes or what can be happening. Uh, so I think they need to be really shaken up because the airline industry is about to be disrupted. I am a strong believer in that what happens right now cannot continue for a long time. So airline industry is one of the the most polluting industries there are. Uh, uh, the product we give to customers is... I, I hate to fly myself. If I have to go to, to London, I'd rather take the train than, than take, the, to take the aircraft. So I think um, developments are going on that, that will 
change this industry a big time, and I hope so. Uh, but I also think that lots of uh, airlines are not up to this. So for me, a very exciting time to be here and to be in it uh, and to push for the max and see what happens. But uh, yeah, there are so many people. So if you look at the airline industry, it used to be the golden age. Yeah? Um, there was lots of money and everything was possible. So there was no need to change. And you see so many people who are, for instance, at KLM for 25 years or 30 or 35 years. So they don't have the new thinking. They don't have the the, the urge, or they don't feel the they don't feel what's going on in the world. So therefore, it's yeah, it's, it's not the most exciting place. Um, not in an industry which is uh, consistently underperforming. I don't think there's an industry that makes more losses than the aviation industry. Altogether, I think an average airline loses about 90 million every year. Yeah. Um, the low-cost area uh, airlines are performing slightly better than yeah. average. Um, if you see that, if you see the pollution, if you see uh, the the product that you're saying is 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 not up to par with some of the other experiences that we're getting, where where is the future? Is there a future? Um, well, so the first talking about a little bit back to shocking people or shocking the first questions I asked when I uh, started at Welling uh, was um, are we uh, transporting people or are we maybe connecting people and if you open up that question then if we are into not only transporting but maybe connecting then we can start thinking about well uh, we should go into the business of virtual traveling or virtual meetings where people don't have to fly anymore to, to meet. Um, but I also think if you look at the Hyperloops or the, the, the trains or all the alternative ways of transport that is, uh, in, in, uh, that's rising. Or so I think our comp competitors are not uh, the Ryanairs and the Norwegians, but it's, it's the alternative ways of traveling, especially if you look at, at Europe and the short haul uh, destinations. I think people will go for that. Um, also, driverless cars are coming. So for me, working in Barcelona, if I need to go to Paris, I'd rather take a car that takes me at night for seven hours to Paris than go to an airport, go to security and a lousy flight and everything. So um, for me, this is the future. Also looking at Uber, Uber is now into ground transportation, but if you look at their vision for the future, they are going into air transport with, with drones and everything. So I think um, airlines are looking at each other, what are they doing? But I think we need to look at all the other, all, all the other players in this field. What are some uh, lessons maybe from uh, Think or from somewhere else that you picked up in life that you bring with you to your, your, your current job? Well, I, um, uh, a very specific uh, thing is I, in month one I introduced the three horizons at, uh, I think. Uh, they are very much focused on the here and the now and how can we solve the, the problems of today um, and how can we grow, grow, grow. While I say, okay, that's horizon one, but what are we doing on horizon two and what are we doing on horizon three? 
And, and then I also use the joke that it's not uh, uh, sequential, but we need to work on it at the same time. So with this model, uh, I think I already opened their eyes that we also need to, to think uh, about the future. So for me, the future is, uh, is also to start thinking about what is, what is the, social, uh, the social innovation side of wedding. Do, what can we do and give back to society? So for me, um, I think corporates should also think about if we, uh, how do you say that? If we robotize all the processes, not only the, the, the handling of luggage, but also at the office, uh, the, the simple administrative stuff, what are we going to do with all those people who are doing those jobs today? Are we just going to kick them on the street? Or are we as a company well, take responsibility and, and help them learn different jobs or help them get a new career. Uh, and this is actually what I really got from Think, more the, really the more social side of, well, of, of, of work, maybe also of life. Um, that's one thing. And, and the other thing also is the only, the only way to really do cool and great stuff is if you have a, a fundament of trust uh, and the only way to get trust is when you when you can open up to others and when you can really connect to others and here I think there are so many there is so, such a big diversity of people that it's well the only way to to know each other get to know each other is to open up um, and to see that every time you do that with every person that's here you have a great you have a great conversation or a great connection or a great start of a collaboration um, so and that's also what I learned uh, here I think and how do people take that up or how do you bring these new practices and whether it's this or something else how do you bring that into a new organization that you just started in uh, you might feel the need to prove yourself um, some of these things take a long time to have their effects how do you deal with that? Um, it, it's also having a big having the vision for it, and I already I'm I always have hundred ideas, so uh, I already have all my ideas ready for the for the rest of the year. So for me, it's just picking one by one. Okay, this is now the right timing to introduce this, and this is now the right timing uh, to go for something else, um, and so and and you have to create opportunities. So by creating opportunities, then see how people uh, take take upon that, and then you jump into. Um, and sometimes you fail miserably, and then you just have to go on. Um, and sometimes it's just not the right timing or not the right person um, uh, to talk to, or to introduce a tool or to introduce a strategy. Um, and then you have to be uh, persistent, and then go to the next and try it again. Uh, for me, the, the Three Horizons was not the first minute I introduced it that everybody was cheering. It was, uh, I think people needed to reflect a little bit on it. And I needed to show, well, this is how it works. Um, and now, uh, now it brings structure, which is very good in a Spanish, quite unstructured company. Um, although innovation is not always very structured, it needs some structure. Yeah, it's. I think basically it's 
creating a lot of opportunities and having a big toolkit and knowing to pull from it. How long have you been in the aviation industry? Uh, 17 years at KLM mm-hmm. and now four months at uh, Welling. What draws you to aviation? Why are you still in the industry? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question because after college, uh, I started, no, well, at college, uh, I uh, did my intern and it was a, a truck company, a Dutch truck company where they built trucks. I was not excited about trucks. I just ended up there. And now uh, it's, a re- it's a really in- interesting industry as well. And then from there, I, I changed to the Dutch post, postal company, PostNL. I was not excited about letters or stamps. But if you look at the process, it's a very interesting logistic process. Well, the truck company was logistics, because how do you build a truck from scratch? And uh, the postal company was uh, a logistic pro- uh, process. And then somehow I ended up at KLM. It was not because I, have, I was born to work for an airline. Some people have that, but I, I don't. And I ended up there. And at KLM, it's such a big company that I had the opportunity to go to several different positions. Uh, and I always was able to learn new things. Um, so that kept me at KLM, not because I was in love with the aircraft or whatever, but a very interesting and cool uh, processes. What I like is I like complex stuff and to simplify or to solve or uh, to do really cool stuff. Um, and somehow at KLM, I always have had the opportunity to, to create my own job and then um, do, do cool stuff. Um, I simplified the, the, the laundry of our pillows and blankets. The, 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 it's like five million blankets a year that, you, that they're uh, going through the laundry. And it was a very complicated process. And I just said, well, I think we can do that simpler. So and I just started to work, and and they gave me all the the freedom to do so, and then I I built a, a whole new laundry at Schiphol, um, where actually was very cool because the collaboration I had with that supplier, uh, he was a very social responsible uh, uh, supplier, so um, I did good for the world, uh, and I solved uh, a big problem for KLM. So I was in operations, ground handling, I have been at engineering and maintenance, uh, I have been in a corporate job where, um, where actually my job was solve problems with mathematical models, so, uh, um, so I was never bored. So you started with a trucking company on the road, now you're in the air, so the logical next step is Going SpaceX or yeah. NASA. Which brings us naturally to our lightning round. That's right. It's starting to rain, and there's lightning. So in our uh, lightning uh, lightning round, uh, uh, we're very curious about what kind of recommendations you would have for your listeners, our listeners. Uh, It could be anything from the cultural sector, a museum, uh, a book, a movie, a music, anything that you want your listeners to experience. Yeah, it's. uh, I just read a book. Uh, which helped me and helps me uh, a lot uh, because I changed from Dutch environment to uh, a Latino culture and a Latino country, which is, it's different. It's quite different. And 
uh, I just read the book The Culture Map of Aaron Meyer, which is a, a very interesting book to learn what cultural differences are, because my team is now 10 Spanish uh, guys, and we were struggling a little bit, uh, and that book gave me answers to, okay, some things are just uh, culturally, and some things are just Simone is different, I understand, but um, this is a very good book for everybody who works or deals with people from other uh, nationalities. Yeah, it's a very well-received book and yeah. the, uh, the most recent attempt at describing culture yeah. after a lot of years where we had yeah. nothing after Hofstede. Yeah. Uh, Actually, you can do an assessment and I did the assessment and I let my team do the assessment as well. And it made it very visible where the differences are. And now when we sometimes have a struggle, it is not, hey, you versus me, but it's like, hey, let's look at it. Oh, you're so Dutch right now. And it takes the, 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 the tension out of the, the discussions you have. And it's a fun way because my team really lo loved doing it. Um, so it was also a fun, fun exercise with, uh, with the team. I think it would also be a very good uh, module for Think to spend some time on this. The other question that I'm always really excited about is about daily practices or rituals, things you do on a regular basis that help you be the person you want to be. Yeah, and I, I should come up with something very spiritual, but uh, uh, two things I always do every day. Uh, one is I sport. I sport a lot. And many people do sports because then they can forget everything. And for me, it's... I do sports to get all the ideas uh, and get structure in all the in all the ideas in my head. And the other thing I do is uh, it becomes a little bit of a guilty pleasure, but I read about I think 500 newsletters a week, uh, and it's it goes from everywhere. It's a newsletter on high tech things, AI, uh, but also on curiosity or high snobbity or anything, and it keeps my mind open. Just anything that goes on, and because I read so so much, uh, it's not that I'm an expert in all these new technologies, but you pick up trends. Because if you see at the different newsletters, they start to talk about this, okay, then there is something in that. And, uh, Simona, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Yes, my pleasure. You better think. This has been the Creative Leadership Podcast. My name is Rod. And my name is Mark. And thanks for tuning in.